the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Ronnie K and Sean Drotar here with you today on the docket. Broncos make a trade for, well, he's not a linebacker. He's not a safety, but he's both. He's kind of like a hybrid, Sean. He's a hybrid linebacker. Yeah, talking right. about Sua Cravens. He's like a Prius. We'll talk about him in just a little bit. Also, we'll talk about what it means for the no-fly zone and if the no-fly zone is even a thing anymore. But first, our friends at Tap14, be sure to check out those terrific rooftop views. Sean, you were just there a couple weeks ago. Uh, I know you were a big fan of the 70 Colorado beers on tap. As always. Yes. Yes. I had the uh, 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits, and as you go into the weekend, be sure to check them out. Also, Saturday, Sunday brunch, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Be sure to find them on the web. That's tap14.com, tap14.com. Give you the details on the Sua Cravens trade. You probably know them by now, but just so we cover it, they, uh, the Broncos and the Redskins going to swap fourth and fifth round picks, and then the Broncos will be sending an additional fifth round pick in this year's draft and a conditional sixth round pick in the 2020 draft, which I'm pretty sure all these picks really mean nothing. Well, we'll see. I mean, the the swaps don't mean very much. Broncos are just moving down a, a couple of spots. I think four spots in one round and seven in the other. That it's conditional not a, sixth rounder, though. The conditional sixth round, you'll, oh, you, only ha- you only have to pay up if the Broncos make the playoffs and he plays. Oh, that's a really good deal. So yes. I suppose that's all right. You'll live with that. Initially, so. I think this is a good deal for Denver. Oh, yeah. This is a guy that's 22 years old, was a second-round draft pick out of of USC, uh, All-American, was the National High School Defensive Player of the Year coming out. I mean, there's a lot of talent. But he had a concussion problem out there in Washington, and there were some disagreements on on when he was ready. Basically, it ended up with him saying he was going to retire, decided not to retire, but by then Washington to put him on the the reserve list for the season. It just wasn't going to work out. Too much much water under that bridge and, and... it wasn't going to work out there anymore. So the Broncos and John Elway, this trade been rumored for about a month. And this they is dating all the way back to the NFL combine. combine yeah. Right. And so they did a good job. I think Elway did a really good job with this because he slow played it. There weren't a ton of teams waiting to give up very much. He waited until he got what he wanted in the deal. And it wasn't very expensive at all. Now you have a 20, 22 year old guy who is cost controlled. He barely makes over a million dollars a year all the way through the 2020 season. So, I mean, you are in, uh, good shape there. He might be a, a guy that's a backup at the moment, or he may be Darian Stewart's long-term replacement, depending on how he plays. Well, you know, the thing I like about the Cravens trade is, A, you really don't give up very much, but B, he is a guy who can cover what Denver has had struggled with for so many years, and that's tight end. Right. He is a guy that can be placed one-on-one with that tight end and can run with him. Now, uh, certainly he is that hybrid position, so you got to be careful with him because you can't just say, oh, he's on the field, he can cover a wide receiver too, or he can play the run very well. So I think the, the coaching really needs to be cautious with him, but I think in situational situational plays, he could be a very good piece. How much playing time do you think he actually sees, though? Is this a guy who's going to be a, a big part of Denver's defense next I, year? I think he is. I think he is. Assuming he can play well, assuming the health is there and he he's all cleared, I think he is going to be a big part of it. 
for the Broncos. Uh, obviously, Darian Stewart's contract is completely guaranteed, so he's going to be there. But perhaps he hops over Will Parks uh, to the, being the backup safety for Stewart, and, and maybe even more than that. He's also been good on special teams. We know that he fills a need. And for the Broncos, they also need a little bit of help in, in all these different coverage sets. They often play five, even six D-backs at multiple times. So I think he's going to be on the field a lot. He's an interesting player. He has a lot of talent, and he's very excited about the change of scenery. He had been uh, sort of quietly liking all sorts of Broncos social media posts or Instagrams or what have you for the last month, even before the trade. And uh, now he's delighted to be there. So I think you have a motivated player, you have a talented player, and you have a happy player who has a chip on his shoulder. That's a, a whole bunch of positives for you if you're the Denver Broncos. And you gave away essentially one pick for it. You can find him on Twitter at I am M Susie. And you'll notice that he has posted a lot about the orange crush, the soda. But of course, we know what he's referencing. And he seems genuinely grateful to be with Denver. And I know it's cliche to say, but sometimes these players do need just a change of scenery. I don't know if he really becomes an impact player. I don't know if you want him to become an impact player, but maybe he can make an impact in a different way. Going back to that tight end talk, because Denver has just struggled so greatly with this tight end position. It just doesn't seem like they know what they're doing year in and year out for the past, what, five years? Well, some of it's the the scheme, obviously. When you have many of your linebackers blitzing, that's one sure. fewer guy to put in coverage. And uh, T.J. Ward was not uh, there to basically cover a tight end. He's a run support safety. So they didn't really have the personnel in a lot of cases. And the way they schemed the defense didn't really favor it either. So in this case for the Broncos, I think that he he fits a lot of needs for them. And he's inexpensive. And uh, he's 22. So to me, there's no downside. If he completely flames out to the point where the Broncos cut him in training camp, it was worth the gamble. And and I, I do think that he can become an impact player for the Broncos. I really do. He had all the earmarks for that coming out of college. He looked like it for a bit of his rookie season, too. The, the Washington was very excited about him until he got the concussion and things started to fall apart with health. But I think for the Broncos, they got one here and they may have gotten, uh, like I said, I think they might have gotten Darian Stewart's long-term replacement, too. So you've, you've solved some significant holes adding – Cravens adding Tremaine Brock, who they signed early in the free agent process. Now, all of a sudden, your defensive backfield of the Broncos appears to be set. There's not a lot of room. It will be interesting to see in the safety spots when you have uh, Simmons and you have Parks and you have uh, you have now Cravens and Darian Stewart and maybe Jamal Carter, who I know they really liked. That may be all your safeties, and you may be looking at uh, the corners or more or less there may be is a corner that could be added there, but... Uh, the Broncos' defensive backfield seems to be more or less set with the exception of the very, very back end of it. Before we talk about the no-fly zone, I want to get really quick to what this. What no-fly zone? Please, go ahead. We will chat we'll save about it. that. We'll save yes, it. we will, Sean. Uh, of course, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tab14. Be sure to check out the website, tab14.com. I know we want to talk about the Sua Cravens deal like, oh, it's a no-brainer because it's like, you're losing anything if it flames out, you know? And I think we kind of put the Jared Valdir deal in kind of that same situation. Although you're paying him a lot more. You are paying him a lot more, but it was only a six-round pick he traded away. Do you have a problem, though, in knowing that the Broncos were filling important holes by basically going to the thrift store and saying, you know what, I'm going to pull this off the shelf, I'm going to pull this off the shelf, as opposed to like really finding an impact guy, and maybe you pay for him, that's fine, but 
you're you're picking off everybody else's leftovers. There's a reason why the Cardinals dealt Valdir. There's a reason why the Redskins dealt Cravens. Does this bother you at well, all? Well, yeah, I get your point. If they were superstars, you wouldn't have them available in the trade market at all, let alone for low, but the, low draft picks. I don't picks. even know if we consider these guys average. It doesn't bother me because this is the nature of the NFL salary cap. It's what the league wants to happen. If you have star players like Vaughn Miller, like Demarius Thomas, like Emmanuel Sanders, like Chris Harris, like Derek Wolf, all guys that get big money, you're not supposed to be able to keep them all. That's how you spread the talent around. So it means you're going to have to go bargain shopping here and there. And so when you go get guys that are still young, like a Cravens at 22, and Veldeer's obviously been around, but he's not exactly old, you have an opportunity to basically do a little bit of a reclamation project. I suppose that's fair. But we've also seen it happen in the NFL. As you pointed out, guys really do need a change of scenery sometimes. Sometimes it's just the truth. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tab 14. I mentioned it earlier. And you kind of scoffed at me there. The no-fly zone, this is not a thing anymore. No. No. It's dead. It's not. It's gone. It's over. It's gone. The The no-fly zone was the, the five guys that were there during the Super Bowl run. That's, that's those were your starters. Harris, Tlaib, Ward, Stewart, and, and to an extent, Bradley Roby. Uh, two of those guys are gone. Therefore, it's gone. You don't just keep rolling it out there. The, the Orange Crush defense, we talk about it occasionally, but the Orange Crush defense included... Randy Gratishar and Tom Jackson and Lyle Alzado and Louis Wright. And, and when they retire, it goes away. Yeah. The, the Pittsburgh doesn't refer to them. Pittsburgh's had good defense. At no point do they say, aha, the it's Steel Curtain's back. 2.0. Yeah, Dallas doesn't come back and say, oh, it's the doomsday defense again. No, it's gone. It's gone. The, the Broncos era with that was fantastic. And now they have to move on and make something else. Chris Harris Jr. has indicated, no, it stays around. Uh, but it doesn't in this case. You know, Chris Harris Jr. is, is the best guy there. He's in many ways, well, opinion, not quite the last man biased, standing. Yes. A, a little bit, but no. No-fly zone is a thing of the past. And you know what? That's okay. Because when you think about those great, whether it's defenses or units or anything like that, you don't want it to last forever because sure. it'll never be as good. So uh, that's okay. To me, the no-fly zone was that phenomenal bad defensive backfield that won the Broncos the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 50, and uh, its time was fantastic, and it's passed. Now 20, it's time for these guys to come up with something new. 25 years from now. Will we still talk about the no-fly zone like we talk about the steel curtain, the purple people eaters, the doomsday defense? Like, is Are they in that echelon? Because it was only a two, three-year run. Most, but most of those were really very, were, very too. Good. And, and remember, the, the catch is that the other ones we talked about in the 70s, those were uh, 60s and 70s, sure. were all prior to free agency. So I think in the free agent era... Yeah, I, I I do think that's that's one we're going to talk about. You know, when you have a an elite defense that overcomes a middling offense that wins you a Super Bowl, yeah, that's an all time great. And uh, it it was a blast. And you know, this time the king is dead. Long live the king. The Broncos will try to rebuild something new with the the guys they have. All right, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tap Fourteen. So the no fly zone is dead. They do add Cravens, Bradley Roby now in a mainstay mix. You talked about Tremaine Brock. Overall, assess because I think majorly the secondary is just about set. Yeah, uh, maybe they add a, a late round pick. I I don't think they're going to go very high, at least with a draft pick uh, in the secondary. Are you happy with where it's at now? Are you? Content, I would like satisfied. to see the only thing I'd like to see is a little more depth at corner that I think is going to be very good. Brendan Langley, I, I'm not. We didn't see Langley. Yeah, very I'm much not last sold year. on him. I'm not going to say he's not good. I'm just not sold yet. 
And I, I wouldn't mind it if the Broncos, if they saw a really good corner that they felt good about that was sitting out there in the in the third round or maybe even the second round because we know this is a passing league and they want to scoop him up. I'm not going to have a problem with that. You always need depth. You always need youth, uh, especially when we're, the Broncos are going through a bit of a transition phase when some of their more expensive guys. That's two years in a row where uh, T.J. Ward and then keep to leave or shipped out purely, purely for financial reasons. So you always need to get younger and cheaper without hopefully sacrificing too much quality. So I feel pretty good about it. You know about your top three corners, Harris, Roby, and Brock. You know about your, your starting safeties in Stewart and Simmons and Cravens and Parks backing them up. I, I think they're okay. That, that to me still, even though there's new faces, that is not the Broncos' problem. I, I feel somewhat comfortable in, in predicting that I don't know where the Broncos will finish. We don't know where that is yet. The draft hasn't even come around. But I don't think the defensive backfield is going to be the eventual Achilles heel for this team. And speaking of the draft, I want to ask you about two particular uh, players. As For whatever the reason why, mock drafts seem to be breaking a little bit more towards Denver taking somebody potentially in that secondary. The names Minka Fitzpatrick, of course, out of Alabama, four four six forty. You know, we all know how good Fitzpatrick is, and Derwin James uh, out of Florida State, four four seven forty. A guy who's really kind of shooting up draft boards. Don't forget about Ohio State's Denzel Ward too. Sure, Denzel Ward, a very good corner. Uh, but at number five, though, that seems like I, I just don't know if you're getting the impact that you need out of that pick. If Denver was to go secondary. In that number five. Well, there's slot. the whole draft concept, right? That the macho idea of, oh, we only take the best available player. We don't, we don't even look at our positions or how our team is. We just take the best available. You player. have to look at well, need. That's don't not you? that's not real. It's not real. And uh, and on our uh, the morning show here we have here at uh, at Mile High Sports, uh, we talked to Brian Billick, the former coach of the, the sure. Ravens, for uh, pretty often, and he explained that as well. He says, no, that's the same thing. That's not real. What is real is you take the best available player at a position of need. So if you're a team that needs, and that's what you see in like the New York Jets trading up in the draft, look, we don't know if the quarterback they end up picking is going to be the third best player in the draft. He probably won't be, but the Jets need a quarterback. So they need to go get the best quarterback they can get because they need that position. The position necessity is more important than the player. And that's why quarterbacks always go so high in the first round anyway, even though you look at people project across positions and they're not necessarily as high. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm so with you. The Broncos, look, I like it, but defensive backfield might be the strongest part of this team. Yeah. It's the part you least need to draft at number five, even with talented guys there. Well, and you, all you lost is Tlaib, and Tlaib was a great player, at least at corner, but I think many believe that Bradley Roby is somewhat relatively ready to take that position. Yeah, oh, I, th- I think, he's, I think and, he's completely ready. And, and look, as he may ben, not be a Hall of Fame caliber guy like Tlaib, but he's perfectly ready to we start. We didn't see Brendan Langley very much, but I think we should expect to see him much more. Uh, and then obviously the addition of Cravens certainly shores up the rest of that secondary. So in another year, too, we should also remember Will Parks, Justin Simmons. These are young guys, too, who are still kind of learning their positions and, uh, you know, getting better as pros, as NFL players. So I, I'm not worried about the secondary at all. And uh, certainly I think it would be a mistake at five if they were to take somebody that, that high. I mean, I just, it just doesn't seem like that big of a position in need when you have 
other impact players at other positions, particularly pass rusher, maybe offensive line as well, too. So it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tap 14. Be sure to check them out on Twitter. Tap XIV. That's Tap 14 in Roman numerals. And you can also find Sean Drotar on Twitter. Sean, where can they find you? No Roman numerals. Just uh, S Drotar. S-D-R-O-T-A-R. You can find me at Ronnie K Radio, and uh, you can also find me at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. I'll probably be down in one of those 100 Colorado distilled spirits on the rooftop. And I know it's baseball season. I know it's a Broncos podcast, but you got to go check them out because they're a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Terrific rooftop views all year round. Anything in closing, Sean, that you'd like to, a uh, little tidbit that you'd like no, to No, now we just kind of, we kind of uh, take the long, slow glide path to the, uh, the runway that is the draft, and we'll see how that ramps up the rumors will go fast and furious but the truth is i think from this point on nobody really knows the teams are going to go into radio silence no one's going to tip their hands uh it will be an awful lot of fun be sure to find sean drotar on twitter and his work at milehighsports.com that's where you can find my work as well and previous archives of the broncos blitz podcast at milehighsports.com that's milehighsports.com For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.